We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, no. Hey, my, uh, my atomic clock is doing some really strange things. How many of you have an atomic clock at home? It uh, operates off a signal from the official atomic clock somewhere out in the Midwest. And uh, before I came on the air, I looked at the clock and it was 3.25. I thought, there is no way that I have a missing two hours here. That simply does not happen to me. But uh, I'm sensing a battery change in my immediate future. Anyway, uh, welcome, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. I have to laugh a little bit. I hope you'll uh, forgive me. So over the weekend, um, I had a guy, well... That came out wrong. Uh, Tanner, can you back me up on that, that that came out wrong? Tanner Saunders at Master Control? Yes. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <clears throat> so, yeah, it, it, it came out wrong. Uh, so I had a guy who uh, walked up to me and said, I am lonely, so I went out and I bought a car. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, because... Um, what happens is I kind of separate what I do on the air from what I do when I'm not on the air. And it took me a while to figure out, <laughs> pardon me, it took me a while to figure out that he was actually talking about uh, the show we did on Friday. And we're going we're gonna to get back into that, as I promised, a little bit later on today. Now, uh, the first part of the program, I want to pick up from uh, where Joe Beamer left off. And I want to talk about September 11th, 2001. And, you know, we did a show that I totally ripped off of David Bellavia, who is busy today doing Medal of Honor stuff, um, about the most important news stories of your lifetime. And, uh, you know, September 11th came up, I think, a couple of times, but it didn't come up as much as I thought it would. And personally, I can't believe that it's been 22 years since September 11th, 2001. And I can painfully and vividly remember it, as I'm sure you can as well. And at that point, I was working with my dear friend, Chris the Bulldog Parker, on the sports station. Now, don't don't think for a minute that Chris is just some stupid sports guy, because he's not. Chris is a very brilliant man, and I learned so much working uh, with him and, and by his side for two years. I mean, the poor man carried me around for two years with the sports stuff. Come on. But uh, we were working that morning, and I just I want to walk you through a little bit about what happened to us on that particular morning. Um, it was uh, roughly quarter to nine, and we were on the phone with then Buffalo Sabre Jay McKee. 
about Jay McKee's chances for being on the uh, Olympic team heading into the uh, Winter Olympic Games. And uh, right after the interview with uh, Jay McKee, we became aware, and I think Jay might actually listen to this show, so how you doing, Jay? I hope you're out there listening. Hope your infected leg totally healed from the playoffs against Carolina. But um, we were off the phone with uh, Jay McKee, and our producer behind the glass was trying to get our attention, and he eventually did. And uh, what happened, obviously, was we saw smoke coming from the World Trade Center complex in New York City. And um, obviously, it was shocking to us because I just want to take you back 22 years ago today because the weather in New York City and the weather in Buffalo, New York, uh, were very much alike, uh, very, very similar. And in western New York that day, the skies were absolutely clear. Okay, I don't think there was a cloud in the entire sky of all of western New York, which, as you know, is kind of unusual. But it was the same situation in New York City. So it was coming up on 9 o'clock, and Bulldog and I were talking in the hallway about how we were going to deal with this situation, where we clearly had an aviation incident uh, taking place at the World Trade Center complex in New York City. And um, we basically looked at each other and said, well, we certainly can't ignore it. Yeah, we're doing a sports show, but obviously this is going to be something about which people are going to be speaking for a very long time. Uh, at first, we weren't sure what was going on. Uh, and I'm talking, when I say we, I'm talking about uh, Chris Parker, the Bulldog, and your humble host. Because at that time, all we knew was that some kind of aircraft had collided with one of the towers of the World Trade Center. And in our hallway conversation, we were talking about the possibilities. Now, first of all, um, visual issues didn't... It, we, we both agree that it was not an issue of vision. And what many of you may not be aware of is uh, the building on 34th Street in Manhattan, the Empire State Building... Um, had been collided with during a very heavy fog by an American bomber uh, in the World War II era. And we figured out that, no, this couldn't be one of those situations because clearly the vision was fine. So then we thought, all right, maybe it was a small plane, uh, general aviation aircraft, and the pilot had some kind of a coronary event or some kind of other situation medically and crashed into the building accidentally. So we're talking in the hallway, and again, it's you know, just imagine the clock ticking, 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 and, uh, and we didn't do news at that point. Every news break was basically a sports news break, all right? And again, we're talking 22 years ago. So um, the long story short, and I have a hard time doing that sometimes, I hope you'll forgive me, loves, but uh, the long story short is we went back into the room our talk studio at that point. And what you must understand is we had a very, very small television. Bulldog had a straight-on view of the TV. I was looking at it at rather an oblique angle. And just as we came back on the air after 9 o'clock in the morning, another explosion was visibly seen on the TV screen, and that was clearly the second tower being struck. And Bulldog, who had a direct view of the TV screen, he grasped it immediately that 
this is intentional, this is a terror attack. And I was, I, I must tell you, I was absolutely stunned. And the two of us, this is 22 years ago today, and I can remember it oh so vividly, uh, the two of us looked at each other and basically... If you could read our eyes, and Bulldog and I always had a very good eye rapport, E-Y-E rapport, um, we did not know what in what direction we should head. We did not know what we should do at that point. And then as information came out, um, we were talking about it on the air, and we found out that, yes, two large aircraft had hit each of the towers, one each, of the World Trade Center complex in New York City. And we came to the consensus that it clearly was a deliberate situation. Bulldog was first on that, okay? He beat me by a long time as far as interpreting what was happening on that TV screen uh, in a very, very short period of time. And... Uh, as we're watching the coverage on this tiny TV we had, we're talking on the air. And a couple of times they replayed the video of the second plane hitting, and I thought that there were more explosions happening. I didn't know that there were replays. Again, it was a very small TV, and I was not at a really good angle for it. So <clears throat> long story short, and I can't believe it's been 22 years ago, that is absolutely mind-blowing to you if you lived through it and to me as somebody who worked through it. So as we are trying to do our show at that point, uh, we caught word after a while that the uh, one of the towers had collapsed and then there was an attack on the Pentagon. There were stories about a car bomb being found outside one of the government buildings in Washington, D.C. And we were basically in a situation, and this doesn't happen all that often, where each of us, as even at that point, veteran broadcasters, knew that something was going on that uh, of which we had never seen the likes before. Okay, um, and I remember, and again, we're going back 22 years, and I have to give Bulldog credit. People give me credit, and I don't deserve credit on this one. Bulldog, he knew and grasped immediately the import of what was happening. I did not. Part of it was because I didn't have a real good view of the TV. Part of it was because, frankly, I think I was in a state of shock. I never thought such a thing could happen in the United States of America, that we would be under attack. I mean, look, uh, even at that point, I was very much into history and some familiarity, if you will, with uh, the Second World War and the attack on Pearl Harbor. But still, that uh, cognitive disbelief of what I'm seeing on TV is really happening, it, it did take over. And just to kind of walk you through the end of this, uh, after the first tower collapsed, and again, this is my recollection of it, yours may differ, but I get, again, I get a lot of credit on that day that I never should have received. The credit belongs to Bulldog, Chris Parker, and Bulldog alone. I was slow on the uh, I was slow on the uh, on the whistle to be brutally honest with you. So uh, anyway, moving forward, both of us looked at each other and we were shaking our heads. And Chris, the bulldog Parker, said, 
uh, words to the effect of, you know, it's really stupid for us to sit here and speculate and conjecture as to what is going on in New York City. Why don't we throw it to the network? And we did. And at that point, obviously, we left the studio. We were watching the various TVs in the newsroom. Everybody at the station at that point, and this was before the era of remote work, everybody uh, was race, pardon me, racing down from the newsroom and from all the business offices to check out the bank of TVs that we had. And have you ever been in a situation where things are just so incredibly silent and quiet? That is the situation in which we found ourselves. And at that point, I uh, remember standing near a local keyboard player and a guy who at that point was very instrumental in the production of commercials at our old radio station, Matt Young, and and he was just ashen face. Um, Todd Brody, who is another one of my esteemed co-workers, love Todd, he also was ashen faced. In fact, everybody was ashen-faced, watching what was going on. And if you will remember, see, now we know what we think we know. But back then, and you might remember this if you lived through it, everything was up in the air. We did not know what was going to happen next. We had not a clue. And it was scary. Here we are, living in the United States of America and realizing shortly after 9 o'clock in the morning that we were actually under attack by enemies of this country. It was a very powerless feeling uh, for you and certainly for me and certainly for Bulldog because there was nothing we could do about the situation. Now, I mentioned David Bellavia earlier in the program, and uh, please keep in mind that the reason David Bellavia um, is the David Bellavia we know and love and respect today is because of the events that happened 22 years ago today. And all of those people dying, all of these civilians and firefighters and law enforcement people and federal agents who died in the attack on September 11th, it was gut-wrenching. And I'm not sure how many of you have a similar experience. Uh, it doesn't have to be at the same joint. It doesn't have to be the same uh, exact kind of experience, if you understand what I'm trying to say. But that evening, uh, went to the old TGI Fridays at Maine and Transit. The place was packed. And the place was absolutely silent. It was quiet like you wouldn't believe. When people ordered food, they did so in hushed tones. When people ordered drinks, they did so in hushed tones. And you might remember watching the videos over and over of those poor people who were trapped in the upper floors of the World Trade Center towers. You might remember uh, seeing the video in live time, real time, of the individuals who were missing, who had not been heard of as of that moment, who had worked in the World Trade Center towers in New York City. And of course, needless to say, between the evening and when I was just talking about with Bulldog, we had a situation where an airplane, a jet, 
crashed into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and then another one outside of Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know how many of you remember this. You probably do if you were alive at that point, but there was a time where the people on the news kept saying there are two planes unaccounted for. Okay, there is now one plane unaccounted for, and nobody knew where that other plane was, at least not in the mainstream media. They weren't releasing that information. Now, whether the plane that went down in Shanksville was shot down by the American military or whether it was um, actually a passenger insurrection that led it to nosedive into the ground, I uh, I do not know. To be honest with you, I've never quite bought the official story. I have no real solid concrete evidence to back up what I'm saying. It's a feeling uh, as opposed to a point of fact or knowledge. But I have always felt that there was a high probability that the government probably shot down the plane over Shanksville. And quite frankly, um, in a situation like that, that would have been the only logical thing to do because you had no idea where that plane that went down in Shanksville, what its intended target happened to be at that point in time. And finding out that the plane had gone down in Pennsylvania, and actually it wasn't that far away from us at one point, but knowing the plane had actually gone down in Pennsylvania, obviously it was tragic. Okay, this was well before we'd heard anything about let's roll. Um, But it was also somewhat of a relief because we knew that at that point, every aircraft, every commercial aircraft had been accounted for and that there was nothing else that was imminently going to happen on that day. And. You know, we talk and we certainly have discussed at great length, as well we should, because hatred is a horrible thing. Uh, The events that happened on May 14th of uh, 2022, uh, we've discussed that. And that left an indelible mark on everybody who was involved in any way, shape or form with that horrible racist attack at the tops. Um, I don't know that this area... As long as those of us who were alive at the time who remember what happened that day are still breathing, I don't know that the shock is ever going to wear away. Or let's put it this way, probably in about 20 years, it will begin to wear away because here we are. And again, I get back to what Joe Beamer was talking about. Here we are 22 years after September 11, 2001. And... um, We basically, as a country, have forgotten. And what Joe Beamer was talking about, I'd I'd like to revisit that, if you don't mind. But before I get too deep into that, um, your telephone calls on this, and I'm probably not going to do this all day. I find it very depressing to do. I also find it very um, fascinating to do at the same time because so many of you have intimate connections to September 11, 2001, 22 years ago today. Um, 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. Some of the questions that I'm going to put out to you, um, and again, I hope you'll forgive me if I get a little bit emotional doing this show, but it was 
I, I will tell you something. It was one of the most emotional days in many of our lives. And I mentioned sitting down at the Fridays at Maine and Transit, and the place was full of all stranded passengers, but it was also very quiet. And they had the news channels up on full blast. And I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a situation like that where I've been in a restaurant slash bar that was so filled with people and everybody was focused on the TVs. And they kept playing the tapes over and over of the people stranded and waiting for rescue that would never come. They kept showing the flyers that people had posted about missing loved ones. And then, of course, as the days went by, the human interest stories about, hey, here's a picture of this man out with his son at a ball game the night before this murderous attack took place. Uh, we heard the audio recordings of people who were trapped in the towers. And there's one that is particularly vivid, um, which I'm not going to play on the air today because, frankly, I think I would be too emotional, emotionally upset by it. Um, this poor guy was clearly in a state of breathing distress. He was in a state of emotional distress. And... As you listen to him talking to the 911 dispatchers, you can feel his sense of, well, impending doom gradually growing. Uh, and then eventually he says, oh, no. And you hear the building collapsing all around him. And for me, that we all have our moments from September 11th. That particular moment of which we had not heard uh, prior to a few days after the attack, has stuck with me for 22 years. Hearing a man dying on the phone, literally, as the building collapses around him, that's something you don't quite get over. And I thought about replaying it, but you know what? I just can't. I can't do it because it would, uh, there's another word I would use, it would mess me up too much uh, today. But Getting back to what Joe had been talking about, we at that point were a united nation. And I got to stop myself at that thought. Uh, what were you doing 22 years ago uh, on September 11th? What were you doing? Um, what did you think was going on? When did you catch on that America was under attack? I was late to understanding that. Part of it, again, is because I didn't have a good view of the TV, to be very honest with you. But uh, that is a day, much like December 7th and the generations prior to our being here, that was a day and is a day which will live in infamy. And yet here we are 22 years later. Most people, you say 9-11, and they give you cow eyes, like they have an idea of what it is of which you speak. Uh, I want to continue this, and I want your telephone calls as we move along at 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, and 1-800-616-WBEN. It is Bowerly with you on the radio on a Monday, and uh, much better news, the bills open up tonight. Tanner Saunders is at Master Control as we've kicked Josh Schmidt off the show. Uh, news Radio 930 WBEN.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Uh, hello, loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Uh, very emotional day for me, to be very honest with you, and I think it's a very emotional day for anybody, let's say, 30 and older. Now, had a very interesting conversation off air with Tanner Saunders, our new producer on uh, WBEN, filling in for the traitorous Josh Schmidt, who went down the hall to the sports station. (laughs) We love Josh, okay? Josh is really super cool. But so is Tanner. And uh, Tanner, you were basically in the same situation as I was in, except you were just a little bit older when 9-11 happened compared to when President Kennedy was assassinated. That is correct. That's one way of putting it, but that is correct. So you have no direct memory of it whatsoever? Nope. I was just a couple weeks away from turning 15 months, so I did not have a care in the world at that time, but I cannot imagine what it would have been like, just like you mentioned, the helplessness and just the fear that I would have felt. It, it was absolutely terrible. You have no idea. But what I'm really interested in, and what I think people listening to you speaking, and not myself, um, would be as you have gotten older, as you have grown up, what do you know? What were you taught about 9-11? That uh, it was a, a terrorist attack and a select group of people that did not agree with the Western values. That was uh, their way of displaying that. That's uh, more or less what I was uh, taught about it. Mm-hmm. Um did you get the feeling, and again, Joe Beamer talked about this earlier, did you get the feeling that America was united at that point? I do think for a time we were. I mean, you know, when I first think of the aftermath, I think about that speech that uh, George Bush gave, you know, from ground zero. He said, we're going to find those people that knocked these towers down and we're going right. to you know, take care of them, slightly paraphrasing. So I do think for a time we were, but uh, obviously, you know, once we uh, got into Iraq and got into military affairs over there, that's when that kind of ended. But we were at least for a brief moment, I think, united after that. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's hard to believe today in 2023, but uh, I can remember, and I think a lot of people listening can remember, um, a bipartisan display outside the nation's capital, which which was one of the targets on September 11th, by Republicans and Democrats all singing patriotic songs, uh, basically hand in hand. It was really an amazing sight to see. And there was also, uh, after the 9-11 attacks, there was also a concert that was put on. 
and I remember being at the gym of the apartment complex at which I lived at the time, and I was the only one there, but uh, they had the, uh, the TV footage, the video of the concert as it was taking place live, and Tom Petty doing I Won't Back Down. It was one of the most stirring performances of the entire evening. Everybody at that time was united. Unfortunately, Tanner, and this is one of the things I think we're going to get into today, as time goes on, even the most horrible trauma that can possibly affect a people, a country, a cohort, um, it fades into obscurity. Because for you, in your 20s, it's something about which you have read in history book. Uh, To people like myself in our 60s and a little bit older and a little bit younger, Um, It is forever seared into our memories as something that actually happened and was was just one of those life-changing circumstances that every generation experiences. Yep, you're absolutely right. It's uh, it's a shame that, you know, that... uh we can't uh, we can't stay united after after something like that i mean it was nice for a time but just uh, it's a shame to see where we are today well uh, it is in uh, in in so many ways now as we move along on uh, news radio 930 wben the phone number is 8030930 star 930 on the cell phone 1-800-616-wben and i'm going to try my best to not be emotional today but i cannot make any promises that I won't be because um, one of the pieces of footage that I recall very vividly from 22 years ago involved a priest with Buffalo connections who died very early in the attacks uh, when a piece of debris from either the building or the plane hit him right in the head. And he was basically killed instantly with uh, severe brain damage, possibly uh, broken cervical uh, vertebra. Um, I I will never, ever forget that. I will never forget the footage of people who had to make this horrible choice of, do I jump out of this building into certain death, or do I stay in the building and embrace certain death that way? And there was one lady who walked out onto one of the I-beams and crossed herself, and then, as ladylike as possible, jumped to her death. And it was so incredibly... There there aren't any words to describe the feeling of watching that and wondering what was going on in her mind. I don't even know if people ever identified that individual. And, of course, there was somebody else who chose to jump to his death as opposed to waiting for it, uh, its inevitability, and that was the man who is known as Falling Man. And I'm not sure why Falling Man became so iconographic of what happened that day, but it was probably the resignation with which he allowed himself to plunge to earth to his certain death. It was almost as though he he had died in midair. And, you know, Tanner, people talk all the time about, we will never forget, we will always remember. And I think that is true to a point. However, the acute pain of things over time goes away. 
and it leads to, I don't want to say acceptance, but it leads to, and I don't even want to use the word closure, but it does lead you to a place where the acute pain is not so severe, but that does not mean that you ever forget what happened that day in your own life, but more importantly, to the people that we literally saw dying before our very eyes. And so many people uh, were supposed to have been on either one, any one of those aircraft, for example, uh, Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy, he was supposed to have been on one of those flights, and he overslept. And had he not overslept, he would not be here today. And I'm sure there are many other people in the world, uh, you know, maybe a dozen, half a dozen, maybe several dozen, I'm not sure, who, for whatever reason, did not make the flight that day. And as Joe Beamer pointed out, I know it's hard to believe in America in 2023, but there was a time you could literally arrive at the airport at the last minute, run through the terminal like OJ, dash up to the gate, present your boarding pass, and get on the aircraft. Those days died on September 11, 2001. And the other thing that I think most of us will never forget who were alive and sentient at that point the other thing that we will never forget is the quiet around the airport. At that point, um, I lived in an apartment very close to the airport. And to walk outside and smoke a cigarette and look up at the sky and realize there is nothing coming in to land. There's nothing taking off. It is just like nothing is happening. It really, really, really hit home. And it was one of the most freakish feelings that I think anybody will ever experience, especially those of us who live around uh, Greater Buffalo Niagara International Airport. Um, it was surreal. It was spooky. It was tragic. And as you think back to 22 years ago, um, what, w what were you doing? What is your day's story? from September 11th, 2001. Those of you in school, and I know Joe Beamer spoke about this extensively, um, Joe Beamer talking about what he had experienced, uh, your humble host talking about what we, Bulldog and I, had experienced as older semi-adults, I'll put it that way, because I don't think either of us will ever fully be adults. 803-0930 is the phone number, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, this date, 22 years ago, um, was absolutely one of the most tragic days this country has ever endured, because it was a deliberate and planned attack on the United States, and obviously, uh, at least originally, things didn't work out too well for the Taliban. However, who's back in power in Afghanistan now? Oh, I'm sorry, that would be the Taliban. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. And again, I'm going to try my best not to be emotional, but if you hear me choking up from time to time, it's not acting, it is the real deal because September 11, 2001 affected me as it affected you very, very, very deeply. And it did for quite some time. Uh, and I, I don't think you would be human not to admit that 
and confess that it was a very, very emotional day. Let's go to Mike on WBEN. Uh, Mike is calling from Depew, and uh, I'm going to need your help uh, getting him uh, on the air. Uh, you're on WBEN. Mike, hello. It is your turn. Go right ahead. Yeah, good, after, good afternoon, Tom. Yeah, and you're, and you're right. There's a, a guttural sickness um, and just just a very somber day, and it doesn't seem that time really dilutes that. By the no. way, I think you may have been talking about the, uh, the the department chaplain. I think his name was that Father Joe. They placed his body on the altar at the nearby Catholic church. Jason? To, to be very honest with you, I've forgotten his yeah. name, whether that was deliberate uh, because I just couldn't take any more uh, or, or I, I'm not sure who. I know he had a Buffalo connection, yes. Yeah, the, the department and, and the, the, the firefighters on the ground were so disturbed, and, you know, they don't even have the capacity to declare an individual deceased. They immediately laid a body at the adjacent Catholic church on the altar. It was laid there. Um, so uh, a couple things I, I, I wanted to share. Um, at that time, I, I was in the fire service. I was a first lieutenant, and um, I was also a college professor. Oddly enough, my, my background and my specialty is the military situation in the Middle East. Um, on, that particular, on that particular morning, my wife, who um, was an executive with a major bank here in West New York, she called me in the morning, and um, oddly enough, I was still sleeping because I had afternoon and evening lectures all that day. And when I picked up the phone, my wife said, did, did you see what happened? And I said, hon, I, and, and I know she's listening right now, I said, um, I said, honey, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, turn on the television. She said, an aircraft has somehow accidentally crashed into the, in one of the Twin Towers. To which point I said, oh, my God, they finally got it. And my wife said, what are you talking about? And I said, it's terrorism, honey. And she said, oh, you don't know that. It was a plane. So I turned on the television, and it was about a minute and a half from, after turning the television on, the second aircraft pierced. And, uh, of course, both the North and the South Towers. And, and I said, damn it, they finally got it. They've been trying for 20 years. They finally did it. And she said, what are you talking about? You know, so for, the, for your listeners and, and people who are, are, you know, trying to sort this out, the scenario was such that uh, basically what it's, what it's tantamount to, and I can tell you going to my lectures all that day and into the evening, that's all students. All our lectures were filled with students asking questions, why is this happening, and, and it was all day. But, you know, just to give a real quick scenario, a backdrop to what's going on here, people should realize that the Twin Towers were a symbol, they were two symbols of American economic might, but in particular, and more specifically, New York City is, is believed by Muslim extremists to be the hotbed of Jewish entrepreneurship and a center of Jewish power. They firmly believe, at least most of the radical elements, that those Twin Towers represent Jewish economic power in might in the New York City area, and of course America being the, the dominant economic power. So that, those structures had been on the radar screen for American intelligence for some time. Yes. And some of your uh, viewers, uh, listeners rather, might find this interesting. Uh, American intelligence had predicted that as a potential scenario, that the Twin Towers would in fact be struck by aircraft. Mm. Now, 
Al-Qaeda wasn't as prominent and well-known at the time. It was simply another fringe group. But they had run through that scenario. And those Twin Towers were constructed as such in the 60s basically to sustain, because this was a concern even in the 1960s, to sustain the impact of a 707 jetliner. So they were, it was believed that they would have been able to withstand that impact. What was not known in the 1960s that, that there would be 767 jumbo jets with greater fuel capacity and weight. So no one really understood what would happen when aircraft of that size would strike those particular buildings. So that was definitely a, a, a concern. But there was limited options in terms of what could be done to, to prevent that. And I, w I wanted to, to talk, um, and, and I'll, I'll tell you in a second, because I did go down to the Pentagon. I did see the destruction at the Pentagon. Um, the, the firemen, in, in, and, a, and as a first lieutenant, and I, am an, I was an interior attack man for 24 years, interior attack guys are the guys that wear the air tanks on the bottom. They're called self-contained breathing apparatus. We more commonly call them Scott Packs. In fact, they're produced right here in Lancaster, New York, and they're used across the country. Those are the guys that go in and do interior attack. And I've been in many structure fires, factory fires, but I have to tell you in all honesty, I have never been in a multi-rise structure fire. I think that the greatest height I've ever been is probably three stories. Mm. The, the men and women that went into those structures, and I've seen the film footage, Ugh. they were painfully aware of what they were up against and the reason I'm mentioning this is because today there'll be people that were returning home from their workplaces today. Some of the local fire departments are out with boots and they're collecting money for their fire departments. So if you happen to see that today, what I'm going to describe for you here would give you a little insight as to what you might want to contribute. Well, hold on, Mike, if you can. I've got to, I'm a prisoner of the clock, as I'm sure you were well aware, um, so I need to take a break, but I'll pick this up on the other side. Um, we're talking about September 11, 2001. I can't believe it's been 22 years since that very horrible day. What were you doing? And do you remember what it was like for this country to be united I mean, to see Hillary Clinton and conservatives holding hands, singing, I believe it was God Bless America, to see various performers on a Friday night concert with candles all around them, like Tom Petty doing I Won't Back Down. Um, I had to leave the weight room after that performance because I was crying. Um, I told you that there are going to be times during today's show where I become emotional. And when you uh, live through something like that, as millions of us did, it does uh, have an effect on your emotions. And if it doesn't, you may be a sociopath because that was a horrible, horrible, horrible day. And unfortunately, as generations move forward, People do forget, okay? Unfortunately, when's the last time anybody had a show about, hey, the burning of Buffalo, the burning of Toronto, the burning of Washington in the War of 1812? When's the last time you seriously gave any consideration to December 7th, 1941, and the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor? As time advances, 
the acuteness of the pain does dissipate, but the reality of the situation that that pain forced upon us does not. Um, and obviously, I dedicate this program to the memory of all of those who lost their lives 22 years ago today, and some in very public fashion. And, uh, you know, a man, a woman ought to have some privacy at a time like that, but unfortunately, the circumstances uh, did not allow for a lot of that. And the TV networks, to their credit, uh, they cut off most of the really gruesome and graphic stuff at the individual level, although we still remember what happened at the macro level to those buildings and those hundreds of people we saw on the top floors waiting for rescue that we now know would never come. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.